You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The South African CPI inflation rate, that's consumer price inflation, has come very close to the midpoint as prescribed by the South African Reserve Bank. The target range is 3 to 6%, and the recent data for consumer price inflation was recently released at 4.7%, so very close indeed. With me now is Sisum Kele Kourbos, analyst at 91 in Cape Town, to talk about the figure, first of all, the trend, secondly, and thirdly, what the implications might be for monetary policy of the South African Reserve Bank. See, so there's two ways that I look at this. Firstly, from the optimistic point of view, the inflation is down near the midpoint, so therefore maybe the interest rate hiking cycle will be ceased and maybe even the next move might be to the downside. That's the optimistic view. The pessimistic view is people say, well, the reason it's down there at 4.7% is because there's no demand in the South African economy. And the only demand we've got is really because of administrative prices going up. Where do you sit? Thank you, Lindsay. And thank you for having me this morning. Pleasure. It's it's really a a bit of um, a bit of both. So there is a very little demand um, in the South African economy, as you may have seen, with various publications, essentially the growth rate expected for this year, economic growth rate, is around 0 to 0.3%, 0.3 being the most optimistic forecast um, that I've seen. So from an inflationary point of view, that um, obviously has an impact on inflation. But just going to yesterday's print, really the the deep, I think, um, lower uh, was mainly driven by higher base effects from last year. So, you know, fuel costs uh, were quite elevated last year after the Russia-Ukraine invasion, and we peaked at um, 7.8% in July last year. So the base now will have had a major impact to the 47 that we saw yesterday. But that said, there was also some weakness on a month-on-month perspective, and we can get into further detail on that as well. Yes, which parts of the CPI really underperformed or outperformed? In other words, what contributed to the fall, which is an impressive fall down to 4.7%? So, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, the fall to a four-handle, I think, the disinflation in food and the deflation in fuel costs obviously were the major drivers. We were expecting 4.8%. So now the difference between the 4.8% that we were expecting and we had realized about 10 basis points uh, lower, that was more or less the surprise versus our numbers. And here, more the services type of components uh, drove that um, lower than expected print. We saw um, transport costs, public transport um, decelerate quite significantly. Significantly, airfares decelerate quite a bit. And I think that um, may have been driven by the more benign oil sort of um, environment in the last few months. Uh, But as we know, as we've seen this month already, crude oil has taken a different trajectory. So we think that impact is going to be short-lived and won't necessarily go through to the rest of the year. And also, of course, there's the South African rand. And okay, it's about 100 basis points off its low against the US dollar. It actually went into the 1980s at one point. That was a bit of a spike. But let's say that its current level, as we record, is around about, um, it's in the 1860s. So, as I say, 100 basis points lower, but still highly elevated. And surely at some stage that's going to put a break on the fall in inflation because obviously we have to import and we're importing inflation to a certain extent. 
mean, it's good that you mentioned that, um, Lindsay. I was just looking at the breakdown of my forecast for each component versus where it actually realized. On the downward surprises, we have mainly services, like the public transport I mentioned, some property um, and rates. But then on the side where components realized more than I had expected, we have more the good sides. So furniture was up more than I had expected. New vehicle inflation was up more than I had expected. So you can see that impact of the weaker rand on the good side um, of the ledger where it's not as disinflationary and then services being the main driver of the disinflation that we saw yesterday. What does this mean for the South African Reserve Bank? I mean, first of all, they'll know as well as you do that uh, the recent fall has a lot to do with lack of demand and base effects, as you say. So maybe it'll stabilise around this midpoint. If you were a member of the Monetary Policy Committee, CISA, what would you be saying? What would you be recommending? A pause or a fall? That's a tough question because there's the personal CISA response and there's the professional CISA response. <laughs> but I'll give you the professional CISA response. Good. So I think they'll hold because, I mean, as I pointed out, even though this was a significant disinflation from the 5.4% that we saw in June, a significant part of that is driven by base effects. And according to the numbers that I'm forecasting, we're going to have an average of 5.1% in the second half of the year. So from this 5.7%, I'm expecting moderate increases, again, to have an average of 5.1%. So with oil, weight is, I think, currently around 84 or $85 per barrel, with the RAND being more volatile, even though in the last uh, week and this week, it's been behaving relatively well. But as you pointed out, it's still quite weak. So I think the risks to inflation are still tilted to the upside, despite the lower trajectory that we've seen um, recently. So I think this 4.7 was a bottom, and then we're going to see um, an acceleration. My number for the next month is 4.8%, so a gradual sort of re-acceleration in SACPI. So I think pause is the most prudent. Yes, indeed. So what you're saying is that the South African Reserve Bank's Monetary Policy Committee is going to remain cautious, even hawkish, when it comes to monetary policy? Yes, I think they only think potentially about cuts in the second quarter to middle of next year. And just very briefly, the rest of the economy, GDP growth, obviously incredibly sluggish. You've thrown out a couple of numbers. Any chance of it being revitalized? Or are we going to have to endure this for a good deal longer? So I think uh, for this year, it's just to endure um, the weakness. But if we are looking at sort of positive momentum within the economy, what I'll point out is the renewable energy sector. We know over the past 18 months, we've been seeing quite a lot of liberalization, so to say, of that sector. So there's quite significant investments that is coming through. I think the number that um, ESCOM has flagged in terms of projects that are in the pipeline from various independent private parties that they survey is about 18 gigawatts. These are projects that are clearly defined and Eskom points out that that will take about three years for those kind of projects to come online. And then as a subset of that 18 gigawatts, there are about 4.7 gigawatts of projects. These are projects that are already registered with NERSA. So they are the closest to financial close. And I think some of them may start coming online next year already. So there's quite a lot of activity there, spurring some activity in construction as well, even though it's from a very, very uh, low base. 
So, so it's still going to be tough from an essay perspective, but I think um, the work that's been done in the electricity sector will start coming to fruition. And also now the attention that's now going to Transnet is welcome. Um, so Transnet is a few steps behind um, the work that has been done at ESCOM, but it's also like in the right trajectory, trying to make sure that um, there's enough private participation in the rails and the ports to spur more productivity there. Cesar, thanks so much for your analysis. That's Cesar and Kele Kubas, analyst at 91 in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.